Is there such a thing as a really good deal on a river cruise? Stick around to the end of the show for some great advice. My guest today is Sherry Marsh, owner of Cruise Holidays Land and Sea of Raleigh, North Carolina. Sherry is a President Circle award-winning travel advisor who's been featured in numerous publications, including USA Today. An avid world traveler and river cruiser, Sherry has been designing custom luxury vacations for her guests since 2007. Hi, Sherry. Welcome to RTE Travel Talk. Good morning, Ken. How are you? Oh, I'm just wonderful, just wonderful. Can't complain for an old guy. So, Sherry, <laughs> our topic, <laughs> so Sherry, today our topic today is river cruising. But just before I get there, uh, is there anything on that intro that I missed you like might like to add? No, you made me sound really good. I like that. You can do that more <laughs> often. <laughs> well, we'll see what we can do. Sherry, I wanted to speak to you today about river cruising, choosing the right river cruise to explore Europe. But as you know, and not everybody has been on a river cruise. So maybe you could take a couple of minutes and just fill our listeners in on at a kind of a 30,000 foot level on just exactly what a river cruise is. What is a river cruise? Well, I hope you have a lot of time because this is my <laughs> absolute favorite subject ever. What is a river cruise? Well, if you've been on an ocean cruise, it's nothing like that. A river cruise is very um, laid back, um, explorative, but relaxing, a way to see the center portion of a country. An ocean cruise is only going to take you around the edges. A river cruise is going to take you into the middle of a country. So if you're like me, and you have a tendency to be a little on the lazier side and the idea of packing and unpacking and going from hotel to hotel to hotel is unappealing then putting everything into a beautiful ship and unpacking one time and sailing the river and seeing the towns is the perfect solution for you so it's kind of like you unpack once and you <laughs> You follow you follow the, the, the ancient follow the ancient highways of yesteryear. Exactly. Exactly. Right on, right on. Having river cruise before, I can certainly vouch for how great they are. I fondly remember our river cruise on the Rhine River uh, with all the waterways. That was just one. What do you what do you recommend? What do you recommend as a river cruise in Europe for perhaps a first time river cruiser? You know, Ken, when I um, have somebody come to me and they say, Hey Sherry, we think we'd like to go on a river cruise in Europe. I always ask them to give me an hour. Sounds okay. like a long time, but I ask for an hour. I ask for an hour because I want to talk to them about what to expect on a, on a daily basis on board the ship, what the differences are in the different uh, river cruises, what the similarities are in every river cruise line. They're very, very much alike. And um, having been on seven, and having been on four different lines and also touring ships of different lines, um, there are definitely distinct differences. So you asked about my favorites. My favorites are Ama Waterways, Avalon Waterways, and Uniworld. And they have very distinct differences. So one of the very first things that I tell my guests is that every river cruise ship, every long ship in Europe is the exact same length, width, and height. They have to go under bridges, they have to go through locks, they are all the same square footage. 
So if I tell you that, and then I tell you that one of the most popular uh, river cruise lines has 190 passengers, but I tell you that Uniworld has 110 passengers, you've learned a lot. You've learned a lot right there. You've learned that one of the most popular lines puts almost double the amount of passengers in the same exact square footage. That's so, a huge difference. It is a huge difference. Yeah. It's a very huge difference. So that's one of the beauties of Uniworld. Uniworld right. has about 110 passengers. Uniworld is all-inclusive. They include beer, wine, all spirits, all transfers, all gratuities, all of your excursions, everything. So for the person like me who wants to pay one time and be done with it, Uniworld is a perfect choice for them. Ama Waterways is another one of my favorites. Not quite as all-inclusive, but pretty much. They don't include gratuities and they don't include all spirits. But other than that, they include all of the same things as Uniworld. They have about 148 passengers per ship. And they're family-owned and operated and they just do a fabulous job with all of their guests. You've been on Ama Waterways. You will probably select it again because you had a great experience, right? Absolutely. And, right. and the one thing, you know, when we talk about differences between ocean cruise lines and river cruises that I noticed, on an ocean cruise, I always hated departure day because that's the day that I got my bill and I realized how overboard I went and just didn't 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 care about how much I spent and realized wow all those drinks at the bar and That's all right. those extra charges on there they can it can really add up at the end of the day when we, on on Alma Waterways nothing That's right Charged and you know another big, another big difference is when you go on an ocean cruise they and you come back from uh, from a, an excursion. They make you go through a process of unloading your bag and going through security. And you're not allowed to bring liquor on board. And they confiscate it. They take yeah. it away. With a river cruise, they um, and I I tell my guests this: if you are a, a whiskey drinker and you saw some amazing whiskey at port, you can bring it back on. You can pour what you'd like in your room. The only thing they ask is that you don't pour it for everybody in the lounge. They just ask you to be a little discreet about it, but you can bring anything you want. You want to bring cheese and crackers, anything you want to bring on board, you can. Again, bringing you down to, I don't have to have a bill at the end. So yeah, that is a very, very big difference between river cruises and ocean cruises is that it's what they allow and don't allow. And the familiarity when you come back on board a river cruise after being at port all day they welcome you on board by name they ask if they can take your your items to your stateroom for you there are no security checks there is no showing your id the only thing that you do is pull your little card out of a box so that they know you're on board simple as that total totally different experience it is a totally emotion. different yeah. And that's one of the things when I, and, and I don't mean to hijack your question, but that's another thing in my hour long conversation is we talk about um, what you can expect every single day. And I usually tell a couple of stories. So uh, my very first river cruise like you was Ama Waterways. And um, when you get on board every day at five o'clock, it's happy hour. Everybody goes to the lounge. Everybody <laughs> grabs the drink. The cruise director stands up and tells you what you can expect the next day. 
you know, your biggest choice with a river cruise is what river. After that, right. most everything is taken care of for you. So you get on board. And that's why I say it's the most adventurous, relaxing uh, trip you can take because you're going to have adventure, but you're also going to relax every day. So you meet in the lounge. The cruise director goes over what to expect the next day. Basically, you're following the bouncing ball. Just follow along. You don't have to make a whole lot of decisions. It's all paid for. It's all taken care of. Everybody, like I said, comes together in the lounge. Well, my very first experience on Alma Waterways, we started to come together in the lounge and we were told that we had missing passengers and a missing couple. And uh, the cruise director said they were gonna, we were gonna delay happy hour. She was hoping to hear from them. So um, one thing I, I should tell you is when you first get on board the ship, you get a business card from the cruise director with their phone number and you're told to keep it with you at all times. I bet you never even hardly knew the name of your cruise director on an ocean cruise, but on a river cruise, you have their cell phone number. So we are getting ready to go into the lounge and they tell us, you know, we have missing passengers. So we're just gonna hold off. We're not gonna do anything. So the next thing we're told is we're gonna go ahead and start our engines. We're gonna start down the river. We're waiting to hear from them. Sure enough, they called the cruise director. They were lost. Do you know what we did? We pulled over on the side of the river. The, the cruise director jumps out of the ship, runs up a hill, and 20 minutes later, she's collected the passengers and brings them back down, and then we all go into the lounge for a drink. Do that on an ocean cruise. I'd like to see them pulling Oasis of the Seas over. <laughs> so, yeah, not the same at all, right? Not the same at all. So I tell you, you're in for a very uh, uh, personal, um, uh, gentle but yet there are bikes and there are hikes and there are yeah. things. So it's not, I'm not saying it's something where you're just going to be, you know, sit back and lazy and do nothing. You can do adventure all you want to, but in yeah. the end, if what you really need is a little relaxation, you're going to find that as well. When we talk about Europe, there's a bunch of different rivers that the crew's on and there's a bunch of different itineraries. Let's say on your bucket list, you had three river cruises. What, what would you recommend that people do? That's two different that's two different answers. I'm gonna be honest with you and tell you that's two different answers. Okay. So most of my newbies, most of my first timers generally end up with a Danube or a Rhine cruise. That's pretty typical. They right. they know some of this, they're familiar with some of the cities, they're familiar with uh, with some of the location, and because of the familiarity that they have a tendency to go towards that, that or southern France, because they want to start in Paris. Um, because Prague is, is a natural starting place for the Danube, that's also part of, of the itinerary that appeals to people. So those are probably the three most popular for starting. My personal bucket list, my next river cruise, I really want to be Budapest to Bucharest and going into Transylvania and Romania and into the Black Sea. But that's because I've done northern france and southern france and i've done vietnam cambodia which was an amazing surprisingly shocking river cruise that i totally totally enjoyed and almost turned down and didn't do interesting transylvania well, that's 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 one we were looking at because my my ancestors are actually from romania and transylvania so that's neat. If you if you ever uh, take the time to talk to the executives of some of these um, cruise lines ones who are able to go on them all the time. And I know a lot of the um, executives and and I said in the beginning that AMA Waterways was one of my favorites because they're family owned and operated and their, um, 
their owners are very, very interactive with all of us, with the passengers, with, with the people who promote them like myself. So we feel like we know them as if they're our good friends. If you take the time to talk to them and you ask them what their favorite rivers are, the two answers that you will get pretty, um, pretty unanimously are Budapest to Bucharest with Transylvania and the Duero in Portugal. That's fascinating. What is it about those rivers, Sherry? Is it, is it the, um, is it the history? Is it the, the scenery, the sites? The Duero um, is definitely on my list. Uh, one of the things about the, well, first of all, Portugal is very, very popular right now. I mean, right. if you took a, if you took a survey right now, it's like one of the number one destinations that people want to travel to. So right. it's just grown in this excessive personality. The Duero um, is a little bit different when it comes to river cruising, because I've been told, and this is not one I've done, that the scenery is beyond any other river cruise. The only bigger difference is, is that where uh, on the Rhine you can, you can pull over and dock and you are within a block of Cologne and you can walk in and out at your leisure. Most yep. of the uh, towns on the Duero are about an hour drive away. So that would be the, the only difference is there aren't these cutesy little towns right on right. the river, but I've been told that the scenery is just magnificent. Um, Bucharest and in, in the Black Sea and Romania, um, part of that river is a little on the industrial side, which part of the Rhine is too, towards Basel is, is a little on the industrial side. And I try yeah. and warn people about that, but just that particular uh, country and, and all the surrounding area, a lot, a lot, a lot of history, a lot of history. So that's what makes that one so popular. Do you get, do you find, do you find you get a lot of repeat uh, river cruisers like you do with ocean cruisers? Absolutely. Uh, Ama Waterways came out this year with one that if I didn't have a business to run, I think I would do, but 46 days on seven rivers. Um, that's their idea of a world cruise. Yes. And, uh, the first one sold out within a week. And I believe the second one is sold out now as well. And they're looking at a third possibility. So yeah, 46 days and seven rivers in Europe. It's amazing. It is amazing. And you I, gotta I have the time to, you gotta have the time to do it, but it's amazing. The other thing that's near and dear to my heart is wine. I'm <laughs> I know that there is such a thing as themed themed cruises with with rivers. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, there are. Well, you're right about the wine, and that is some of the best part of the whole of the whole thing. And you asked me in the beginning how I felt about different river cruise lines. Um, one river cruise line in particular serves the same white and red the entire journey. The three that I've chosen do not do not do that. They change wines either nightly or with every country as you sail. So if you're sailing the Danube, you will start with a German white and red, you'll change to an Austrian white and red, and then you go to a Hungarian white and red every night served with your dinner. I've also been on a wine-themed cruise. Um, I had Joel Agat on our cruise with us. He is a vineyard in California. Um, every day he was with us, he did a couple of lectures during the day. Um, he did a couple of lectures in the evening at happy hour. 
He had a wine pairing dinner one evening. We all, it wasn't like somebody went to the chef's table and a select eight people got to do this like on, a, on an ocean liner, but we were all treated to him serving us wine and pairing it with our meal that was coming out from Ama Waterways. Uh, for anybody who's really, really into wine, it's a great experience. Uniworld has done the same thing, um, and they sometimes have their person go shopping with you when you are at port and mm. go over different uh, things that are right there in front of you. I got to shop with the chef on board Uniworld and go into a market and buy all the fish for us for that evening. That was great, but the vintner will sometimes take you off board and teach you how to identify different wines when you're shopping. That leads to just how immersive a river cruise is. They the three cruise the three river cruise lines you speak of they go out of their way to immerse you in the culture of the river that you're on and the communities that you're visiting, right? They do. Yeah, they really do. Wonderful. Um, it's a wonderful way to vacation. So Sherry, tell me, what's the situation in Europe right now? And, you know, if people are thinking of booking a river cruise, when should they do it? Is it is it time to get going with it? Is there lots of availability? Where are we with that at the moment? I generally tell people that river cruising should be planned 12 to 18 months in advance. I'm, I'm going to say more like 18 months in advance at this point in time. If you're looking at 2022 and you're not on it right now, you could be missing out. Again, if you're looking at the most popular itineraries, if you're looking at Southern France, if you're looking at, um, if you're looking at the Rhine, if you're looking at Danube, earlier you get on board, they have early booking discounts, they have uh, loyalty discounts, and those things go away as, as they fill up and time goes by. So I really encourage people to look at 12 to 18 months in advance. So there's no advantage, there's no advantage waiting for a last minute deal because there isn't any. You know, it's a rare, 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 rare thing. Just doesn't happen very often. And and if you're going to see a last minute special, I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that most of them are uh, are the staterooms on board a river cruise that I don't recommend. I, right. I, I fondly call them the basement. Because anybody who lives uh, up north in the United States, not not our, not our southern folks, but our northern folks, know that a basement has a transom window up high. You can stand on your tippy toes and you will not be able to see out that transom window. It's the same thing on the bottom floor or bottom deck of a river cruise ship. They have transom windows, not pretty windows that you can sit and look out, transom windows. And um, you're missing out if you're in in there because there are times that you'll be uh, floating during the day and you may want to be in your estate room. Um, that's part of why I like Avalon. I never really said, but Avalon has something called a panorama suite and your entire wall is glass and it opens up to this beautiful French balcony and you want to sit there and enjoy that. It's, it's beautiful. For me, I work with that. If I'm going to yeah. travel, I have to work for a little while. So I open up that, that beautiful balcony and sit there and enjoy what's going by. But yeah. uh, I wouldn't recommend those. And if you're going to see a special, 
that's probably what you're going to see is you're going to see what I call the basement. That's really, really good advice on the transom window. Yeah, it's not um, what you think it is. You know, our, our friends who have done ocean cruises before, you, you've all been on a muster where everybody has to go up on the deck and you have to put yeah. on the life jacket. Well, you muster on a cruise ship, on a, on a river cruise ship as well. And I can remember the very first time I ever mustered, I laughed and I'm like, but I, I, I can see the the shore. I'm just going to swim for it. If we have a problem, I'm just going to swim for it. Yeah. And a couple of river crews later, a couple of river cruises later, I, I said the same thing. I'm thinking I'm being funny. And the, uh, the steward next to me says, um, ma'am, if you go up to the top deck, if we're sinking, you might not even get your feet wet because the river is really not. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? He's a I want to get wet. Well, Sherry, this has been great. If people want to, uh, know more about river cruising or anything that you've got going on, where should they contact you? Oh, call me. Okay. I love to talk about it. Call me. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been great. Any final thoughts before we go for the day? Whew, have I not talked enough? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. The hardest part is picking your river and narrowing down your cruise line. And I don't really think there's a bad choice. I just think there are better choices. That's why I always say, let's take an hour. Let's find out what you what you like, what you enjoy, what's important to you. Um, some of the ships have bikes on board. Do you like to bike? Do you like to hike? There are active river cruises where they have kayaking and they have more excursions that are active, more hiking, more long biking. So there really is something for everybody. And once you make that selection, that's the hard part. When you get on, you're just going to follow the bouncing ball. You're just going to do every day what they suggest or what you choose. It's all taken care of. You're going to come back. They're going to pamper you. They're going to love on you. You're going to go away and say, I got to do this again. Last question. What's <laughs> on your bucket? What's on your bucket list? I know you like to travel. What's on your bucket list for 22 or 23? Oh my gosh. Getting anywhere would be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, actually, there is a, um, there's a river cruise line that is a little on the newer side that I'm probably going to take a look at and take the opportunity to go and spend some time with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's why I'm able to tell you all what to expect because right. I, I get out there and I do it. I touch it. I feel it. And I do it there. I, I don't want to talk about it yet, but there is a, a different line that I'm probably going to go test out. Just All right. That is an invitation for <laughs> when, when you've done that to come, we're going to, we're going to have you back, have you back to talk about this new mystery line. That sounds fabulous. Well, Sherry, thanks so much for being with us. All the best to you and happy travel. Thanks. Be careful. Be well. Bye. That about wraps it up for today, folks. If you'd like more information or would like to contact Sherry, I'll leave her information in the description below. And, or you can always visit our website at realtravelexperts.com. If you enjoyed today's show, a like and subscribe is always appreciated. If you have any questions about today's show, drop us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, happy travels.